For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Good evening. How are you? It is another edition of Believe in Titans podcast. Your uh, your source for everything that is the Tennessee Titans news and developments and analysis with uh, former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you? I'm doing great. Yourself? How are you and uh, John doing today? Doing great. Good. John being John Glennon, of course, of all Titans at SI.com. John, good day. Good day to you guys as well. And I am David Beauclair, also of all Titans at SI.com. Uh, as usual at this time of year, I think, a, uh, a quiet week. No, uh, no developments on the personnel front. Nothing going on with, uh, with, with the players in terms of organized activities or anything. But, uh, but as always, there's plenty to discuss, including the fact that preseason power rankings are out all across the league. And... Uh, to put it nicely, I guess, folks don't think really highly of the of the Titans. They are they are in the lower half of pretty much every ranking you see right now, and in some cases, not even in the top twenty. I'll I'll start with you, Denard Walker. Do you, do you think the Titans belong in the top half of the league somewhere? And if so, what are what are people missing about this team right now? I don't know. I mean, I have no clue. Uh... To be honest with you, as a former player, rankings mean nothing. And I go back, I kid you not, John and David, I went back and had a chance to look at last year preseason ranking, and everybody had Tampa winning it all. And, you know, they were close, but they didn't win it. But what was amazing was the number six seed or the, the team they had at that sixth position was the Rams. And, you know, Rams, Rams were coming into the season. They had lost their defensive coordinator. Uh, they lost a lot of players uh, to free agency, but they end up picking some players uh, 
going into that season, you're talking about Odell, they added in the uh, middle part of the season. So again, that's how that, and Vaughn Miller, that's how that team made their league. So again, it really, it means nothing. I mean, you consider the fact that Miami last year was number 11. Cleveland was number seven. Many experts had Cleveland going to the Super Bowl, and that didn't happen. You saw how bad they did. So once again, rankings at this point means absolutely nothing. It just gives you a base of, you know, this is where we're going to put this team. But if I'm Tennessee, I actually like it because that's less pressure that's put on me as opposed to being a team coming in this year like the Rams and everybody's anticipating you winning again. So, again, rankings at this point are irrelevant. Yeah, the good news is, uh, you know, it's not like college football where, you know, certain certainly it's less so than it used to be. But there's still, you know, there there is still that 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 value to perception in college football, where in, in the NFL, you know, it plays out over the course of an 18 week season. If you make the playoffs, then you, uh, then you get to go, go ahead and improve yourself in the playoffs. John, John Glennon, are the, are the Titans being treated unfairly in these rankings though? Or uh, I guess, same question to you. What, what are people maybe missing about this bunch? Well, I mean, I can understand why why the preseason rankings are certainly lower than they were probably a year ago. You know, when you look at the Titans and and what the offseason was, what's what's the first thing that comes to mind, obviously, for the Titans? And, you know, it's a departure. It's not an addition. It's A.J. Brown leaving. uh, And and that is from an offense that was not very good last year, uh, you know, and that has also lost a couple of its starting offensive linemen. So I can understand perception there that okay certainly the titans can't be as good uh as they as they were last year but i i think maybe what uh some people are kind of missing out on too is that this defense is going to be very good i think it was a very good one last year and i think it's going to be even better uh this year you know they lost uh you know jack rabbit jenkins was probably the biggest loss on the defense but when you look at you know you're going to have either farley or mccreary in there at that cornerback spot you're going to have a whole season out of Zach Cunningham. You're going to have a healthy Bud Dupree, uh, presumably, for, for the entire season. Um, and this defense is pretty good. So, you know, I, I think maybe they're uh, – I can understand the, the slip on the rankings based on offense, but don't sleep on what this Titans defense will do. And if the Titans can keep games close, they've done pretty well over the years under Mike Vrabel in, in close games. So I think they're maybe being a little bit uh, overlooked. Uh, right now. Um, but uh, uh, one one stat I, I found, I used this in a story the other day, um, Sharp Football uh, website, really good analytics and, and stats website. Uh, they said the Titans of the Saints are the only two teams that over the last five years have either exceeded or equaled the number of regular season wins uh, projected for in that time. So that's a pretty good indication. Uh, you know, the Titans usually play better than most people expect them to. So I would expect that uh, they'll they'll outplay these power rankings. Yeah, well, one thing that that has never changed in was it twenty three years in in Nashville now twenty five years in Nashville whatever the number is. Th- this team doesn't make a lot of waves nationally. Uh, certainly during the off season. And even a lot of times it, it, it has to take something extraordinary into the season. So I, it, it doesn't surprise me that, that, uh, that people don't think terribly highly this team, but, but based on what they've done, particularly under Mike Vrabel, not having a losing record at all, you know, 12 and five last year with all the roster upheaval and, and what have you, 
how you don't how you don't see this as one of the top 16 teams in the league, at least, you know, say, well, it, it, it's certainly in the top half of the league and, and they're going to, you know, they're going to find a way to, to deal with some of their shortcomings. And, you know, we've, we've discussed the issues at length, the, the, the question market at cornerback, the, the issue of, of who's going to be wide receiver, the uncertainty on the offensive line right now. But I agree with you, John, about the defense too. And, and I think what people don't know about this team necessarily, of course, people know, Kevin Byard at safety. People are, are are learning Jeffrey Simmons' name really quickly, but I don't think it's I think it's guys like Amani Hooker and David Long and even a Danico Autry. I, I I think people don't know how good a football players these guys are and and what uh, what they're gonna what they're gonna mean to things. And and I and I think what what people do know about this team largely is Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill is a guy who has never seemingly inspired a a lot of confidence or a great deal of love from a from a league-wide perspective and the the playoff performance against the Bengals I think sort of for everybody who was saying for two and a half years well I still don't know about Ryan Tannehill I still don't know about Ryan Tannehill they can look at that one game and say well see I knew about Ryan Tannehill and he's not good and that and that's that's I think that makes it easy to to sort of push the Titans down some of these lists right now. I, I, uh, again, I go back to, I think they have to be one of the somewhere in the top half. And if they can, if they can stay healthy throughout the season, they can, they can really surprise some of these people. I'm curious though, Denard, from a player's perspective, power rankings aside, because they, they are what they are. But when you went through an off season, did you, did you sort of, take moments and, and look around the division, look around the conference and, and start to think about what you're going to have to deal with, what it, you know, what teams were, were out there that caught your attention and, and made you think, Hey, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do something to get ahead of those guys along the way. No, no, not one time. Um, I've in nine years in the national football league, I've never been in a club that looks at a preseason and say, you know what, we're going to, this is where we got to have to strive, uh, you know, for this team. I think what, what you can end up doing is getting in trouble. And it's like if you're going to play a team, let's say you're going to play the Rams. And what teams will do that, let's say they were subpar um, the, the previous year, they will basically, when they go into that game against someone like the Rams, they will say, oh, well, we were able to beat this team and now we're successful. That, that doesn't mean, that doesn't equate into success. What you have to do is you got to understand there's a 17-game season. And how you play from week one to week 17, that determines the course of where you're going to go. So each week, what you want to do is continually to get better. Um, in, in that locker room, when I played for the Titans, we didn't look at anybody in the division, not Jacksonville, because, listen, uh, that fourth year when we were lighting up everybody, we could have easily been 15-1. and one. We ended up losing to Jacksonville, who didn't even have a winning record that year in 2000. So once again, you can't take no team lightly. And last but not least, there's no disparity in the National Football League. If you take one team for granted, that's where you get beat. I mean, go back to last year, and and I don't want to keep harping on it, but this is a team that could have been 0-2 out of the gates if it wasn't for that last-minute field goal by Randy Bullock in Seattle. So once again, you just got to be careful. You got to take one game at a time. And in this business and in this league, you got to take care of what's in that locker room, and that's the players. You know, and that's the everybody that's in that locker room because that's who determines the fate of your season. And John, I, I think too, the Titans are suffering from the fact that 
you know, they, they haven't made big changes to this roster, right? They, they re-signed Harold Landry as, as kind of their, their biggest move. Um, they, you know, they brought back Jeff Swain. They, they chose not to cut Taylor Lewan. They, they, they held on to Zach Cunningham, renegotiated him. You know, they, they opted for stability in a lot of cases, whereas the, the AFC was sort of a, it was sort of a highlight reel of big moves this offseason. A lot of teams garnered a lot of attention for for some of the moves they made. When when you look at when you look at some of the AFC teams who who have garnered attention this offseason, we're talking about the Chargers, we're talking about the Broncos, we're talking about kind of the Browns as as always. Um you know, who who do you who do you think people are right about, I guess, who, who is, who is the team that you think is, is most likely actually going to live up to some of those ex- expectations right now? Um, you know, I, I, I like, uh, certainly, as you mentioned that the AFC West in, in particular has, has really uh, turned into an arms race. And I think everybody uh, improved in the AFC West. And, and of course the Titans, uh, unfortunately for them play the AFC West this year, but, uh, you know, I, I think the Chargers, to me, is one team that, that stands out uh, as one that got uh, a lot better. You know, what they needed more of uh, was offensive line help for, for Justin Herbert. They got some of that and defensive additions, uh, and, and they got some some nice uh, defensive additions. So I, I think that team is going to probably be one of the best in the NFL this season. That's To me, it's easier to, to – uh, I, I picked out a couple that, that have been regularly spotted above the Titans in the power rankings and, and one – that I, I don't necessarily agree with, you know, and the Browns sort of stand out. You know, a lot, a lot of power rankings are picking the Browns highly. That is based on, I assume that's based on Deshaun Watson being available for, for you know, much of the season. Um, and I don't think that is going to be the case. So I'm not convinced that Cleveland is uh, is going to move up the charts much. You know, Denver, I'm not necessarily, you know, uh, Russell Wilson, great quarterback. Uh, I'm not sure his addition automatically, you know, puts an extra, I don't know, five wins or anything like that on, on that Denver roster. Uh, so I'm not certain that, that they should be ranked higher. And, and I still am not a, a, a buying into the uh, idea that Indianapolis, uh, primarily because of, of Matt Ryan, is necessarily uh, a better team than the Titans either. You know, he's, he's, a, he's an upgrade, certainly on Carson Wentz, but I think it's still a toss-up. Uh, at best between the Titans and Colts. And I, I, I kind of favor the, uh, you know, what the Titans have actually, despite some nice Colts additions, you know, Matt Ryan and a couple of nights of uh, defensive uh, ads as well. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of the other way on Denver. Denver's the team that, that really intrigues me. And I think could, could cause a lot of problems for people. I think they very quietly had, had put together a nice roster the last couple of years with the exception of quarterback and, and, you know, you know, we saw what, we saw what going to Ryan Tannehill meant for the Titans in 2019 and how it changed that season and, and, and how it changed things for Derrick Henry, for example, and, and in a lot of different ways. I, and, you know, Russell Wilson doesn't have to be a league MVP, I think to have an, a big impact on that team. I, I, I would feel better about that move 
had Vic Fangio not been fired, you know, they're making a coaching change mm-hmm. too. So I, I think that's, uh, you know, that creates a, a, an extra layer of uncertainty there because they've got a first time head coach. Uh, you, you never, you never quite know, okay, what's he going to do it? What, what kind of hurdles is he going to face there? But, uh, but, but Denver is the team, Denver is the team to me that, that I think could, could be really sneaky and surprise some people. And John, you mentioned that, you know, the Titans have to play, the NFC West in, in what looks like a, uh, you know, an, an interesting, challenging schedule throughout. When you look at the early game versus Buffalo, you, you've got a, uh, you've got Dallas coming to town late in the year. You, you've got, of course, a trip to Philadelphia and, and the AJ Brown bowl, if you will. Um, is there one game, John, that in there that, that jumps out at you as the as the most challenging, the or maybe the most important one that this is one they, they better win regardless of how the rest of the season shakes out? Yeah, I was looking at the schedule and as you say, trying to pick out maybe that, that one game that I thought this is gonna be the holy mackerel. If they win this one, it's gonna be huge. And you know what I found is that you know, there's about four of them, I think, that that were almost very closely matched in terms of, wow, this is going to be a real challenge. And it starts early, you know, up in, uh, up in Buffalo, of course, uh, Monday night football, the second week, you've got a, a Kansas city game in November where the chiefs are going to be sitting, waiting for them while uh, coming off a bye week. Um, you know, you go out to the, uh, up to green Bay on, on, uh, you know, a short week uh, in, in November. And then, you know, late in the season, you're going out to, to play Justin Herbert and the Chargers and the Titans never win uh, out in, in San Diego or, or very rarely win uh, out there. So those were all, were all four, you know, ones that, that came to mind for me. I, if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with early. I'm going to go say Buffalo is going to be maybe the toughest game to win uh, on this schedule. Uh, you start off, Buffalo is going to have a couple extra days because they play on a Thursday the first week. So they're going to have a couple extra days to get ready for that game. Um, you know, uh, the, the Monday night game, the Titans will have played on Sunday. Then, you know, there, there's certainly so much motivation now for the, for the bills. Uh, you know, the last two games, one, they were, they were blown out of course, uh, in prime time. And, and then of course they were, you know, edged, uh, last year again, uh, you know, in a prime time game by the Titans. So I think there's all kinds of motivation. I think the bills are obviously an extremely, uh, talented team, a good team. And, and I think people that kind of ignore their defense or not ignore, but, but overlook their defense a little bit because their offense is so good. Uh, but when you look at that defense, uh, which was basically the best in the NFL last year, and they added Von Miller uh, from, from uh, last year as well. So to me, that is the, uh, that is the toughest. It's a, it's a narrow um, or, or it's a tough field to, to handicap because there is a number that are, that are pretty close, but that's the one I'll pick. Denard, same question to you. Where can the Titans get a leg up in the division, in the conference, wherever, if, uh, if with, with, with a particular victory that you see it? Well, I'm a little disappointed in John. I mean, you've, you're always <laughs> oh, Buffalo. You know? <laughs> Heard that hey, all my life. Oh, you guys are, you're overlooking the Raiders now. Hey, I know everybody's, you know, man, if you look at the additions to this team, 
Josh McDaniels is getting his second tenure as a head coach in the National Football League. He's going to Las Vegas now. I love that move. But once again, we're talking about the Raiders. Look at the additions that they had, they added. Devontae Adams, you're talking about one of the most prolific receivers in the last decade. He has been everything. If I was one player that I can say that I would not want to play against, it's Devontae Adams. But look at defensively. You add Chandler Jones to the mix now. Now, I know a lot of people in Tennessee, they don't want to hear that name because no, the last time you heard that game in Nashville, <laughs> it, you know what? I was I was kidding uh, Davey Hudson. We was, we was breaking that game down, and I said, what happens when a player uh, – I know in the uh, major leagues, if you hit for the cycle, it's a single, double, triple, and a home run. It, it, what happens in football when you get a sack, a pick – uh, God, you name it, everything that you can do. Because he did it that game. I don't know yeah. what you call it. But again, you and then not to mention Jayon Brown to the mix. And then you look at this team, Josh Jacob, Darren Waller, the best tight end in the league. This is a dangerous football team. And now that you've got a great football coach, this is the game that if I'm Tennessee, I'll mark it on my calendar because they're going to travel to Nashville early in the season on the 25th. This is a game that I'm watching because if you think about it, three of the four games, look who Tennessee they got to play. You go to Buffalo, you got the Raiders coming, and then you got to go to Indy. I mean, right out the gate. Now, we don't know what the Johns are going to look like because they got a new head coach in Brian Dable. But again, this is a monster schedule uh, from the get-go. Yeah, that, that Raiders game was one that, that caught my attention too. But the, the one I think, I, I, and, I, and I just go back to two years ago, the, the trip to Green Bay on November 17th, which is, which is a Thursday night, so a short week to try and prepare, coming off, uh, coming off the game against Denver, which, you know, who knows, who knows what that's going to be. But I, I, think, uh, I think that could be a tough one for him. You've got Cincinnati – the, the following week, if, if ever the Titans are going to be caught looking ahead in 2022, I think this could be the time. But, but a short week to prepare for Aaron Rodgers. And I just go back to, to 2021 and that uh, – or excuse me, to 2020, that game in the snow in Green Bay – 40 to 14. I mean, he, Aaron Rodgers made the Titans look silly in that one. And, and, uh, and, and I think you're going to want all the time in the world to prepare for him this time around. Like, I, I don't, like, I don't think it's going to be as bad, but I think, but, but I think you, you would probably need a lot of, you would need a full work week to kind of go through all the things like, okay, let's remember this. Let's remember he does this. Let's, you know, let's take a close look at what he does here and and not having that opportunity going to green Bay in, in prime time. If somehow the Titans can, can win that game, I think that would, that that'll give them a leg up. Plus, you know, that's their, that's their 17th game. If you will, that's the, that's the one extra NFC opponent. And it's based on, uh, it's part of the weighted schedule formula so that you know those things you never know how that plays out from year to year but I think I think we can all agree that that Aaron Rodgers is and and will continue to be a a very dangerous quarterback and uh, and and somebody who presents who presents a lot of problems that the that the Titans didn't even come close to solving two years ago so if they can uh if they can turn that around this time that that that'll be something that'll be something spectacular as we continue on though uh we do know of course as always the titans will play the houston texans twice we have sort of uh 
sort of looked uh, a little bit at, at the division opponents the last couple of weeks, first Indianapolis and then Jacksonville. Now we've got, uh, we've got Houston, which has a, a new coach in Lovey Smith this year. Um, John Glennon, we'll start with you. What, uh, if, if you're the Titans, what, what concerns you, if anything right now about the, the Houston Texans, or do you, uh, do you feel pretty comfortable that you're going to keep them in your rearview mirror right now? I think overall you feel pretty comfortable, but what you should be concerned about is that the Texans beat the Titans in Nashville last year uh, and very nearly came back to beat them in uh, in Houston in the uh, season finale last year in a, in a game, you know, that the Titans need. So um, there, and, you know, the Deshaun Watson thing kind of hung over the, the Texans all year. Uh, really prevented them from from doing much, and and uh, you know they I think they they struggled as as a result. But you know you can at least I'll say this about the Texans: you, you can at least see that maybe now they have hit rock bottom and are slowly starting to move back in the right direction. You know, Davis Mills, uh, you know, still may be the quarterback of the future. You know, he had a pretty good rookie year given. Uh, all the circumstances and the, and the personnel surrounding him. Uh, and then, you know, they used some of their draft picks uh, that they picked up in, in Deshaun Watson. And they had, they ended up with four picks in the first 44. You got a good cornerback, Derek Stingley, uh, you know, a guy who's going to start on the line and Kenyon Green, uh, wide receiver from Alabama, of course, a really good one, John Mechie, and, uh, and a safety from Baylor and, and Jalen Petre. Uh, you know, and they've got bundles of picks coming up in the next few years because of that Deshaun Watson deal as well. So you can see things starting now slowly to to turn around uh, for the Texans, but there's still there are going to be a lot of struggles for a team that was not good offensively last year, not good defensively, and didn't add a a ton. You know, in in terms of free agency, they they bringing back they're bringing back a number of their you know players that were up for free agency. But that's, you know, that's a plus and a minus. What did those guys do last year? What did they bring to the table? Uh, so I don't think, you know, if I'm if I'm more concerned about either Jacksonville or Houston, I will say it's Jacksonville for me. Denard Walker, any anything about what the uh, Texans have done this offseason catch your attention or, or do you see as a cause for concern? Well, they changed their uniforms. They're going with the red helmets in 2022. They look pretty. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, listen, I'm a big fan of Lovey Smith. He's been around for a long time. And I've actually met uh, Coach Smith uh, years ago when I was in free agency. And I, and he's, he's one of the nicest, but he is a defensive-minded coach. And what's interesting is he's going to serve also not only as head coach, but defensive coordinator. That is a lot of responsibility for a coach that's going to inherit a team for the last two seasons, what finished four and 12 in 2020 and four and 13 in 2021. Not to mention, Lovey Smith hasn't had a winning record as a head coach since 2012. So that's an interesting note that I was reading. But again, I love the additions. I, I think Daryl Stingley Jr., uh, I was a little down on him because he had that one big year in 2019 at LSU. And then all of a sudden he was injured, banged up. But again, he went high in the draft. Um, I like that addition, but I love the fact that they went out and got Christian Kirksey. I think he's an underrated linebacker in this league coming over from Cleveland. He's going to add depth to that team. They got Desmond King. He's a great slot cornerback. I've, I've been a fan of him since he was at Iowa. They, they basically, what they did was they, 
they shored up their, their defensive backs. I think their defensive backfield is going to be stronger in 2022. And then they add John Mechie, uh, who's one of the, I mean, one of the most explosive players. So they add speed. So again, this is going to be a team, uh, again, if they can protect Davis Mills, they're going to be hard to beat now because they do play Tennessee well. If you look the last couple of years, it's been some close games. So again, you got to watch this team. The familiarity is, is, is really, it breeds confidence. And Houston knows that when they step on the field against Tennessee, they can give them a game regardless of who's on the field for the Titans. Yeah, if, if they can find any kind of a running game, uh, because they they you know they they have sort of an interesting collection of backs, but I don't know if they have an, an actual you know an actual guy that you can count on. Uh, when when you look at Rex Burkhead, Royce Freeman, and, and Marlon Mack, you know all three guys have have done some things in this league. Matt, you know Mack is a guy the Titans know well from his days in Indianapolis. Burkhead, uh, you know, of course, one of those Swiss Army knife type guys back there but uh but with with david mills who i or davis mills who i think showed a lot to like at times last year there's uh he, you know he is a second year quarterback he he doesn't didn't have a full season starting to his credit you, you'd like to think you're going to give him some help in terms of uh the running game and and and, and good down and distance situations so i i think to me if they can uh if the Texans can find somebody from that, you know, from that trio or find a way to use all three of those guys effectively, or, or maybe, maybe uncover somebody else along the way, then, then they can be dangerous. But if they don't, if they don't have any kind of running game, then, uh, you know, I, I agree. Jacksonville, Jacksonville will concern me a, a whole lot more than, than Houston will at, at least, uh, at, at least for this season, we'll see, uh, we'll see what what kind of what kind of things develop going forward with uh with the last little bit of time we have left let's uh let's talk about a former texan who who's now with the titans and uh i'm talking about kicker randy bullock you you know denard you mentioned him briefly earlier in this podcast so we'll start with you is uh you know after what we saw at kicker the the last three seasons or so how confident are you in, in Randy Bullock? How, uh, how settled do you think that position is now uh, for, the, for the 2022 season? Well, let's see. The Titans won 12 games last season. They finished 12 and 5, right? And four they did. of those wins came on the leg of Mr. They call him Fat Randy. Is that his nickname? <laughs> I've, I've seen some what, of that on four? social media. Yes. You know, you know what? I was a fan of Randy, that Seattle game. I mean, I, I just thought, oh, goodness. Okay, here we go again. And then at overtime, I mean, that 30 was a 36-yarder. He hit right down the middle. Then he comes back against San Francisco. I mean, he was he's probably one of the most consistent players for this Titans team. I'm talking about at all positions. So, And if you look at Titans in the recent years – at kicker, it hasn't been the most enjoyable thing to talk about. John and David, I've went through probably by working with Davey for two years, we were arguing about the kicker. I don't know nothing about the kicker, but I love Stephen Gostowski. And again, when you have consistency at your kicker, that is a huge plus to this team. So again, Randy, I'm anticipating him having a big season this year. If they can continue to build on special teams, this might be what gets this team over the hump 
and eventually uh, competing for a Super Bowl in 2022. Yeah, give him credit. This is a guy who in his career before Tennessee, it was 10 years, I believe, had only four game-winning kicks to his credit. You know, not, not a guy who had been on particularly good teams, had never been in the playoffs, ha- hadn't been in, in nearly as many pressure-packed situations, I guess, as a lot of others. And, uh, and he delivered three game-winning kicks for this team last year. Uh, John Glennon, are you sold on Randy Bullock as, as the guy going forward here? And, and the Titans actually having the same kicker for two seasons in a row. Uh, maybe not quite as sold as, as you guys. Um, you know, I, I like stability that he, that he brought there. And, and overall, the numbers were, were pretty solid, you know, 26 out of 31. Um, I also think it was a, it was a low bar, as, as you guys discussed, for, for a kicker to be really good here um, because the kickers were so bad for, for a couple seasons. Um, and, you know, I, I wrote about this, uh, uh, you know, a, a couple weeks ago, maybe two one concern is that all five of his misses um, were in that 40 to 49 yard range, um, you know, and, and Titans special teams coordinator, Craig Ackerman, uh, you know, had a term for it the other day, called that the money zone. Uh, and, you know, and you don't want to necessarily go, I think, you know, one for six in, in what's known as the money zone. That's often a place where you wind up, you know, at the end of a half or, or the end of a game, uh, you know, trying to tie a game or, or trying to win a game. So, a little bit of a concern there to me uh, that, that those misses were there. And I think that also affected sometimes what the Titans did on fourth down. I think there, I can remember maybe a couple times later in the season where the Titans maybe had a chance of kicking that, you know, mid to upper 40 yard field goal. And, and you kind of got the sense that Mike Vrabel's like, yeah, maybe we'll just go for this. Cause I'm not too sure about our, about our guy from, from that distance. Um, so that's a little bit of a concern to me. I, I wish I, I'm, I was uh, curious to see that, you know, the um, the rookie, the undrafted rookie, Caleb Sudak, little guy, big leg, you know, and one stat that stood out for, for him in college last year, seven for seven from 40 to 49 and four out of six from 50 plus. Uh, so I think he, you know, could have given uh, Randy Bullock some uh, uh, competition and maybe still will. We don't know the extent of Caleb Sudak's injury that he suffered there in the offseason. Um, but I'm, I'm still, I still got some concerns over Randy, despite the fact that he was a huge upgrade uh, last year over what the Titans had had for a couple of seasons. Yeah, the fact that, that Shudak hasn't been waived injured at this point suggests to me that they expect him to be healthy for the start of training camp. If they didn't, if they didn't think he was going to be ready to go for the start of training camp, they, they would waive injured him. They, they would sign somebody else. They, you know, cause they certainly Bullock is of an age where you don't want him to kick too many times in in the in camp and in preseason and, and you know one thing I do like about Randy Bullock is and he didn't do a lot with the media last season but but the sense you got from him is he's not one of these kickers who's focused on all these little details all the time it, it's it's look my job is to get the ball through the uprights and if if I do that, great. If I don't do that, well, that's that's not good at all. And and he he doesn't doesn't seem to be a guy with a lot of excuses and and all that. I I, I thought I I thought back at one point last season to when Gary Anderson, the the two tight the two seasons he spent with the Titans. If you remember Gary Anderson, you know he his pre kick routine was was very consistent, but it was not 
it, it didn't uh, it didn't look like it was like he was measuring every step down to the inch or whatever. And I remember I asked him one day when he was here, I, I said to him, I'm like, Gary, I don't mean this disrespectfully. I said, but you because I'm sure there's more to it than it looks like. I said, but your pre-kick routine looks relatively simple compared to, to most other guys out there. And he laughed. He goes, it is simple. He said, you know, I grew up playing soccer and the soccer ball's not sitting there for you to kick it in the same position every time, but your job is to kick it, make it go where you want it to go. He goes, that's my job here. He said, the difference is in this case, it has to go between the uprights every time. And, and I sense a little bit of that, that same sort of attitude with Randy Bullock that, uh, that I think probably gives his teammates a, a little bit of confidence as well, because, uh, you know, we all know kickers can be a, a flaky bunch. Denard, certainly you can speak uh, to yes, this, have, yes. you know, have, have you, you, you know, when, when you've got, when you've got guys like that, how, what, what kind of effect does it have throughout the room or, you know, how much do you want a kicker who's just kind of all business and, and takes his lumps when he does miss? I don't know. <laughs> I've never, I've never paid attention to any of the kickers because they have their own routine. You know, half of the time they're finished practice. You know, kickers will go do their thing, and then next thing you know, thirty minutes later they're in the locker room. I don't know what they're doing. I, I've never met a kicker since high school that would be on the practice field for the entire practice. I mean, they're they have their own routine. That's what makes those guys unique. I mean. How do you coach them? Usually the head coach won't even say anything to the kickers. They go with the special team coach. They do their thing, their routine, play soccer. For, I don't know what they do. They're kickers. You know, <laughs> so, and, you know, it's weird that you brought up Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson was one of the greats. I played against Gary Anderson. He played for a long time in this league. And it's just amazing. I mean, if you watch their pregame routine, I mean, those guys, half of the time they're, you know, you don't, I'm, I'm like, what do you do? I mean, how do you get ready for a game? And I used to ask Al Del Greco, who played for, I don't know, Al played a long time in this league. I mean, what is, what is the mindset of a kicker? It just comes down to confidence. The great ones just seem to have it. I mean, there's, you can't, how do you simulate a kick? You know, it, it's like, I, I, I just, I've always been curious, but you know, Al, that's what I loved about him. It's just, confidence and and that's what he exuded and that's why he played for a long time other than that I don't know what's in those guys minds I'll I'll tell you one thing you know and maybe maybe Randy Bullock maybe other recent Titan kickers have liked this maybe not but when you talk about simulating game conditions or whatnot you know not having Jarrell Casey around has certainly changed things (laughs) for the Titans kickers because Jarrell was one guy who was you know when when they would have a kicking period was was chirping and and standing nearby and doing everything he could to try and throw those guys off or distract them or or do something to to put them to the test that way and uh and and I don't think they have anybody doing that sort of thing right now. I I, I would I would say Taylor Lewan uh you know uh you know for for uh, for being on, on an offensive side of things Taylor Lewan still does some chirping of his own uh you know especially during training camp when he's not necessarily always out there uh blocking but you know he knows that that, that a field goal kicker has to be pretty good and has to be able to absorb some, uh, you know, some insults that he hears too. So Taylor's been known to do a little, little chirping. Um, but uh, yeah, nothing, nothing for me will match either Casey or, or back. He, he didn't play for the Titans for long, but old Sean Smith, the, uh, the oh, yes. worm, uh, as, as they used to call him and, and Bernard Pollard, both those guys, uh, old vets, they did not hold back 
when those kickers were going at it. They were going to test that guy. They knew they needed a good kicker. And some of the things they said to that guy as he was about to kick, uh, definitely not uh, want to repeat on tonight's podcast. But, uh, you know, it uh, it uh, made him handle the pressure, that's for sure. And uh, And with that, I guess we will say – Hopefully we have handled the pressure tonight and, and delivered a uh, another enjoyable 30-plus minutes for you all out there. We uh, we appreciate you listening as always. We will be back next week with another edition of Believe in Titans podcast. But for now, we will say, Denard Walker, farewell or farewell. good day, my friend. Thank you. Same to you, John and David. John Glennon, farewell. Good day to you. Same to you guys. And good farewell and and good day to all you listeners out there. Until next week, this is the Believe in Titans podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.